Hey everyone, welcome to the third and final installation of the May Day Season 2 wrap-up show featuring your questions for the May Day crew. Uh, we really enjoyed doing this, and this will be the last part of this, but uh, we will be back for more. Like I said, uh, if you don't know, we do not take a hiatus, so continue to subscribe to May Day and keep following us on social media for more great content, more uh, Handmaid's Tale stuff, interviews, uh, contests, covering more movies and shows that might apply to you and our audience. So lots of great stuff coming up, so don't go anywhere and don't think that we are taking any time off because we are not. So enjoy this last installment. Thanks again for everyone who's sending questions. If you want to send in more questions for us to answer at some random time of our choosing, please uh, send them our way on social media at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our handle is at Handmade Podcast. That's at Handmade Podcast. And you can also email us at mayday at allconsumingcontent.com. At Mayday at allconsumingcontent.com. All right, without further ado, enjoy our final installment. Your questions, our answers. Have fun. All right, Tessa C. Aarons wants to know Did everyone read the book before watching the show? And any thoughts and advice for people opening the book after developing an obsession for the show? Oof. Oh, Has everybody don't read here it read before the book? bed? Because I couldn't finish it. Did you it read it before you watched much. it? Or did you what, no, read it? No, I read it after the first season. I think everybody that is remotely interesting in reading the book should definitely read it read in the it. off season. But read like, it. 100% just know that it. it's a different thing. Like, it is. It's yes. like anytime you read a book that a movie or a show was based on, like they are different things and they have different strengths and weaknesses. And like, actors and actresses and directors and producers and writers like do different things yes. with the source material. So, so like, just don't don't go into it expecting your favorite line from the show to definitely be there because right. it's probably not. I try to tell my daughter this all the time with books that are being made into movies. I was like, the job of the movie studio is to make a good movie. That's all. I was like, whether that happens or not is regardless. Their job is not to go, let's make the most faithful adaptation of whatever this book is. Not even a little bit. That being said, I will say you will be very pleasantly surprised oh, yeah. Um, yeah. by how faithful the source material of the show is if you're going backwards going from show to book um you will be very happy because bruce miller and having uh margaret atwood as a consulting producer they've done a very good job of as they put it kind of staying within the universe and expanding on it because the book is very different as far as perspective yeah. goes because it's you know it's all from june's perspective but it's stream of consciousness so you're mostly just hearing what's in her brain which you can't make a show yeah. of also the pacing is wildly different yes yeah Yes. The book is a much, much more deliberate. steady, slow, deliberate yes. pace. In the right. show, like the, they did a really good job of changing that first episode of the first season to be able to kind of like give you at least the outlines of an idea of what the world is like in that first episode, and the book does not no. work that way at all. You are given information as it becomes relevant to what June is thinking. So it's like, oh, shit, this is, oh, this, yeah. this is what yeah. we're doing Yeah, so here? you go okay. a long time with it. no yeah. information about some things. You only know what June knows. So, right. um, I so thought that was awesome because what you're really getting there. is like they're piecemealing it. The, the part that I think is most interesting about the book is you're trying to figure out how the hell did this happen? Right. And that's what they do for you in the book more so than they did in the show. In the show, they're like, this happened. And then we're that shit was scary. <laughs> right. Now here's where we're at. All right, let's see. Uh, ba -ba 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 I'm looking for a good question good. here. Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, oh, uh, showrunner has said that he can imagine the Nuremberg-like trials after the fall of Gilead. How do you imagine this going, and would it, who would be on trial for what? And do we have any verdicts and sentences? Jeez. I don't think there are enough uh, charges currently able to be put on the books. Like they would need to make some new ones. 
Lydia would be in the glass box. I'm just kidding. Whoa. Uh, well, she's she trains the. I mean, she yeah. has a large yeah. hand in this. Yes. She has a lot of power. A yes. lot of power. More power than we realize. She was even excused from the reading and writing thing. Like mm-hmm. Lydia has a lot That's of true. power. Um, no, yeah, I think I think, I think they should charged. all be charged with they crimes against yeah. humanity. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so this 2018 or whatever right. year. It's post that time. Yeah. So we have enough. We have more ways of getting information on people. Sure. We have more techniques and asking questions and finding evidence. So I think it would be they would all be guilty. What do you think happened to like all of what would have been as the United States was falling? What would have happened to all that digital evidence? That'd be interesting because that's an interesting thing, right? And but. If it's like if it's supposed to be now, and if you like just think let's just think Google, Facebook, whatever. No, that stuff doesn't just exist here. It travels like when you put in anything for Facebook, it travels to about five hundred different servers to twenty different countries. So this is not like a these only existed in the United States kind of situation. So I think that the digital evidence would probably be around. And part of that is because someone made an interesting point about at the end of the episode where Moira is looking for the picture of, or to figure out what happened with her girlfriend slash fiance. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, at the end, has this picture of them together and puts it out on the like shrine of all the people that have passed away or like by the tree. And someone made a really good point that I hadn't thought about was how did she get that picture? She, she didn't have I'm a sure cell she phone. she got it from online, yeah. And right, and but so that I, was my thing. I think that that kind of information, you know, the fact that information lives on server farms widely dispersed is only useful if you know what you're looking for. Right. And you don't know what you're looking for or whose information you're looking for. It's not very helpful. Yeah. All right, so this one might take up the rest of the show, so I'm going to apologize to all the rest of the people that sent questions. For all of you, since the show and the music ended are so important to us, Deep breath. What were your favorite TV shows and bands growing up? Damn. <clears throat> this is First a real... First of all, because I know it will be the most interesting answer, I'm going to make you go last. Because Me? Sarah has the most interesting musical <laughs> stories to tell that anyone is going to have on this show. I don't know. Um, so I'm going to let... Because I don't really know. I want Crystal to answer this first. Because we have known each other the least. I would love for you to tell me what your favorite TV shows and bands were growing up. Oh, I feel like I need time to think about it because I I was all well, we don't have time to think about it. It's lightning okay. round. So, um, well, of course, I'm a child of I'm a child well, of the right, Let's do this first, real quick. What year was everybody born? Uh, Sarah, I'm Sarah, and I was born in 1983. Gross. Crystal born in 87. Oh, uh, the worst one. Ever. <laughs> I was born in 1982. Justin Daniels, 1978. Eight? Oh, I was guessing that. Old man. Oh, man. July 28th, coming up. Um, 1978. All right, so I just want to give people perspective on generations. That's what we're doing. The thing about my music takes is that I really like everything. But I think the funny thing about it is yesterday my boyfriend and I were talking about just music because we were driving to the country in Missouri and they had all these country stations. They're like, turn this shit off. And he's just like, it's fun music, though. And I'm like, Ellie's from Boston. He didn't grow up listening to anything country at all. He's like, these these are just classic rock songs. Crystal, like, he he started talking about Bruce Springsteen. And I was like, Bruce Springsteen is no... No, no, no. We were just talking about different songs. Oh, I didn't okay. know. I don't know these artists, and he's like, "Okay, like artists like Bruce Springsteen." I was like, "Actually, I cannot name one song from him. I've never listened. I didn't listen to that growing up." But on the other side of things, like I, of course, like loved In Sync right when I was in middle school. <laughs> yeah. But I also really loved Latin jazz, <laughs> and I like Bossa Nova. Like Antonio Carlos Jobim is one of my favorite 
artists of all time. Where's that I, come from, though? That's the interesting my, part. My dad. Right. Um, I also loved, um, I mean, all things soul. Shaka Khan before, like, the 80s, right? Well, like Detroit, so... Right, you know. so all of Motown, yep. right? The emotions, like I, I can go on and on. So it's just, it was all over the place. I loved rap. I love hip hop. If you ask my current favorite artist, like is Cardi B, but that it changes every week, right? What like, was your go to go? Like when you were growing up, like in your, if you could remember like a favorite favorite, like a, like have a CD one? that never left your CD player that you were just like, ah, nope, still listening to that for the oh my third God. month in okay, a row. Okay, there was Jennifer Lopez on the six. So that was oh, really embarrassing. Oh my God. But oh. I love that shit. <laughs> Don't get me started. I love every answer. And I love the Christina Aguilera's first album. So good. I just played it on repeat forever. And then like the Backstreet Boy. Uh, well, which one was it? The the really blue colored one. There's a really blue. I don't remember. Of who? Backstreet Boys. Oh, I can't oh, remember. Yeah. Millennium. I oh my god. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> I love nice. all that shit. I mean, like, oh, totally. I love Gwen Stefani. I was obsessed with her. Why yeah. not? Um, what about TV show? TV shows. Um, I feel like I'm on the spot. I can't remember anything. All right, we can come back to you. Tiana. Yeah, come back to Tiana, me. let's go. Shit. TV show okay, and lightning favorite room. band growing up. Oh, favorite. I can't pick one it's favorite so hard band. To pick. I listened okay. to. If you don't a, have one, you don't have one. Lot. You gotta be honest with the people. I listened to a lot of Motown oh. growing up, a lot of like Rolling Stones and Beatles. Um, for a long time, my favorite artist was probably <laughs> Diana Ross and the Supremes. Nice. And then after that, probably Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah. I off the wall. Michael Jackson. Thriller is one of my favorite albums of all time. Yeah, Thriller was was a really big album in my life. Um, And Janet too. Yeah, Janet was hard. Janet was big. Big Um, Yeah, I listened to a lot of grunge, um, old school for real grunge, not what people call grunge on the radio right now. Easy on the people. Easy on the people. Nickelback is not their fault. Uh, oh God, Nickelback! Please don't get me started. It's a different podcast. We're not talking about. Um, yeah, I listen. Uh, Foo Fighters is one of my favorite bands of all time, forever. I love you, Dave Grohl. Um, let's see, who else do I really love and like? Can't live without that music. Uh, Al Green. Oh, that's a good one. Um, there will always be um, a special place in my heart for Fiona Apple. Yes. <laughs> um, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm like really like bad at coming up with this on TV the spot. show. What do you TV, got for show. TV show. I didn't watch a lot of TV shows growing up. Um, the ones I really remember were uh, Daria. Yeah, was pretty fantastic. Apparently they're coming back. It's gonna be Daria. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. We'll see. I we'll see. I think it could be actually really great. It could yep. be really great or really sad. Um, what else? My so-called life. The one season that will live on forever so in my heart. Um, before that, like, I just did not watch a whole lot of TV growing up. We only had a a handful of channels when I was growing up. So, Uh, like, I watched a lot of PBS. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, Wishbone. Wishbone. See, that's that 1987 coming in. Sorry. sorry Although, where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? I don't know what Wishbone is. You don't know what Wishbone is? I know what Wishbone is. My son would love Wishbone. Does he like history? Is he, like, into history stuff? It's a dog. Wishbone is the cutest Ghost Rider? Were you a Ghost Rider? Oh yes. yes! Oh yes! I learned so much from Wishbone. I have because my now. sister, my oh, sister being five oh. years younger is like you know. I didn't mention Saved by the Bell. Saved by the Bell. Man, um, I love Saved by the Bell. And who Couldn't do we owe that to? Me. Warren Littlefield. 
the producer of the show. Oh, he was in gosh. charge of NBC. I love that. I could yeah, do an entire that was, show. That on was that. fantastic. All right, you got you got a shows list. All right, what do you got? So I was a cartoon crazy person. All right, I have Power Rangers. It was not cartoons, but Power Rangers was like my favorite show. I literally thought that I was Aisha. I love that. I was the Yellow Ranger. I love it. Ever got a chance? That totally fits with my vision of I knew that one day I was gonna like do karate and just beat the shit out of people. <laughs> I knew it. Um, Animaniacs, sure. the oh, Batman show. cartoon. Oh yeah, Batman. Yep. The Batman, Batman cartoon. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. The, the one. one in the nineties. Yep. Yes, is like the best. Amazing. Batman still available yes. online. Great. Seriously, the best thing. Are doing anything Batman related? Even these fucking movies that are out that I actually hate. The <gasps> cartoons are the coolest. They are so dark and so interesting. Um, Living single. Oh, oh yeah, that was so good. So, oh, and girlfriends. That was like me and my auntie's oh, I was show. I loved girlfriends. My mom was real weird about girlfriends because she, I was get, I was in that age, I was learning and like understanding yeah. a little bit more, and I <laughs> watched Ellis girlfriends. Ross. I know, she like, oh, but, but Tracy Ellis Ross. She's my hair inspiration. Oh no, the one, um, who's the hippie one? She had a yes. armband tattoo. Yeah, who you're talking about? Oh, I loved it. I loved girlfriends. So fun Family fact, matters. fun fact about living single though, which is very interesting. I hadn't thought about it until I read this. So. Going back to Warren Littlefield being the creator of all things, when they decided to come up with Friends, it was like two years after Living Single had been on the air really? and was doing really well. And they were like, we need a show like that. So if you look at the comparisons and Living yeah, Single real similar. and yeah. Friends being the white version of Living Single, that's basically what they this did. This is so life-affirming because I hate Friends. <laughs> I love Friends. On principle, <laughs> I hate Friends. Like I can't, I can't get, I've never gotten through one episode of Friends. Really? Never, really? not one. So I love friends, but oh, I, I, love friends. I had never that's thought about tough. that comparison until I was well, like, I hated, I hated friends right. because every time there was a person of color on the show, it was a thing. Oh, really? I hated that. Well, there shit. weren't a lot of them. That's no. true. Um, but Family Matters, amazing. And then my last one is Sabrina Teenage, which I was also. I did with like that, that one. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh man, I forgot to mention CCR. I don't know what that is. Really? You, like you don't know what that is? Creedence Clearwater Revival? Oh, man. No, oh, my God. One no of my idea. favorite bands John of all Fogel. time. We could have, we could have, oh, I think I think I have very different music tastes from all of you. It's okay. <laughs> but I, I feel like they're one of those bands you would know, You're though, like just listening. even though you didn't you, know. That makes, if you, you would know even though you don't think you know. You'd be like, I've heard that somewhere. Proud Mary. You know Proud Mary? Like Tina Turner, Proud Mary? Huh? Proud Mary? Yes. They do that song. Yeah. Yeah. CCR does that song, but. Anyway. All right, so I'm, okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go because Sarah, yours is, is the hands down the best. I'm, People find my musical taste enigmatic, and I do <laughs> need to preface it with this: I was raised listening to a lot of different things, right? So I don't want you to think it's just it's two separate sectors in my life, like my childhood and right. then where it went. So you know, from zero to ten, when your parents have a lot of control over what you watch and listen to and stuff like that, it was all you know. Like I played classical piano for many years, so I know a lot of classical music. Um, my parents were way into stuff like CCR, uh, my mom loves Huey Lewis in the News, Paul Simon, the Graceland album is one of my favorite albums of all time, um... I played a lot of musicals on the piano, and I went to a lot of musicals. So I'm very familiar with all the '90s musicals, like Phantom of the Opera, like that. Rent, was, yeah, like the that best. was all my upbringing stuff. Jesus Christ Superstar, all that sort of stuff. So that was all my foundation. And then I got cable in like 1997, and me and my best friend Stacia would watch only music videos for hours and hours and hours of music videos. And then everything kind of changed over, and I was into Bone, and I was into. Um, Outcast and Ludacris's album didn't leave my CD player for the entire year of 2001, pretty much. It was like, I know every, the first one, not the second one. 
incognito is what it's called. And then I didn't really like word of mouth as much, but whatever. So like everything kind of changed when I got cable and kind of hit like the middle school sort of thing. So you know that like, so there's this like huge shift. And so everyone's like, how can you like this, but also that? And that's just kind of how that all happened. And so um, Outcasts, several Outcast albums will, will top my list. Uh, Stankonia, I mean, come on. It's, it's front to back. It's so good. There's an Erica Badu thing at the end. Oh, I was yes. obsessed with Erica oh, Badu. Erica's another one. I tried to write poetry like her songs. It's awful. <laughs> you should read it. It's terrible. Um, I was really into her for a while. Uh, Lauren Hill, before I even oh, was ever in a the relationship. The of Lauren Hill was such an impactful she, album. The song X Factor touched me in a way that I can't understand because I had never been in a relationship when that came out. You know, I was like 12 or so. I don't know how old I was, but I'd never been in a deep relationship. And I like felt no. the agony of that relationship, whatever she was singing about. So Lauren Hill is way in there. Um, I loved boy bands too, though. I was obsessed with Justin Timberlake and NSYNC and all of that. So it's it's really hard to put a pin on... But I did get very into rap for a very long time. I loved artists like E40. You uh, love E40. There's a great, I'm gonna tell that story. I'm gonna tell the airport E40. story. I do great. Of all the people you love. I know, E40. guys. I get it. I know it's like not... if you had some Run DMC, okay. I think everybody would be like, "Yeah, no. that makes sense." No. Yeah, totally. No, I, were, who was on the Who was on the text boys. thread the night that we had the conversation about Too Short? Oh my God! Was that me, you, and Rhea? It may have been Rhea, because Rhea was like, what's you a You were on that. No, Tiana was, was on like, that, because what? Tiana had not heard of him either, I don't think. Yeah, I was on that text thread. Oh, my gosh. Um, all I was, all Every time rappers. I like, got back to the text thread, I was like, a million things would happen. I was like, I am so confused right now. Oh, my now. gosh. It was crazy. It was, yeah. Like, I had, there was this one unique experience that I had in high school where I was sitting at my art table doing something in ceramics or something. A black kid I have never spoken to in my life gave me like a bootleg CD because this was in, you know, 2000 or something. And we were all listening to CDs or whatever. He just put it on my desk wordlessly and walked away. Don't know this person. We never spoke about it. Like, oh, two months later, we actually were walking to our like cars or buses or something at the same time. And he was like, did you like it? And I was like, I loved it. And then that was like the extent of our conversation. And I was like, how does he know about this? Why did he give me this? I love it. Should I tell? I mean, like, it was just, <laughs> it was hilarious. bizarre. It was, that is really it was weird. super cool. Never forget I it. I wonder if he just, like, went around, like, a little CD fairy. And he was, like, <laughs> no, dropping, I wonder if he talked good to jams on people. No, I think he talked to somebody that I knew in one of my other art classes. And she was like, you're the only white girl I know that listens to D40. And then he was like, maybe she'll like my CD. Oh. And then, like, <laughs> just put it on my desk. I don't know. There was no strings attached. Like, he wasn't trying to, like, talk to me or anything That's like that. incredible. Super funny. Anyway. Uh, so a cool thing that The Handmaid's Tale does, though, is they take songs that you know or you know really well it's a certain way, and then they, like, slow them down. Like Heart of Glass in the barista scene, mm-hmm. like, right after he calls them sluts or something, right. they, it goes into, like, a shootout, and it right. plays Heart of Glass really slow with no background music and stuff. Yep. And that's super cool. So, like, a, a huge CD for me was the soundtrack to Friday. I love oh, it. That was I know a really good song. Every single yeah. word to every single song on that CD. And so wouldn't it just be funny to have a song like that cut over into like a scene like <laughs> You're gonna remix the handmaid's too? Right? Like and then have it slowed down like Heart of Glass was in right. that one scene where like something really bad is going down or something really good is going down, like the handmaids are doing one of their little like, marches, whatever it's like yeah. you know yeah, something there are slowed several... down. 
several times in this series, I've been like, man, I know like the perfect song for this right. scene. And like they very wildly. So like your your very disparate taste in music is really appropriate for this series, it I is. think. It's yeah. Just, like sometimes I'm like, oh, Stevie Nicks would be perfect right here. And sometimes I'm like, me first in the gimme gimmies. <laughs> we need some fast, That's intense classics. I feel it I really fully thought that I was gonna hear one Cardi song. Like this recent album, there's one. I, it's a couple, and I can think of that would be perfect yeah. for some things that happen in this. I have an idea for a thing for this that I'm going to explore, just so you yeah. know. Some a, Solange yeah. uh, would be really fantastic in this show. Hmm. Oh, Solange, yeah. Uh, yeah. We do have a radio station, by the way. Maybe a uh, Handmaid's Resistance Keys. Radio recent on Slacker Keys. Radio. Uh, if you're looking for something recent to do, slacker.com. You can download the yeah. Slacker app for yeah, free. Yeah, she's got a good one out now. Yeah, sorry. Um, I feel like I feel like I haven't sh- shared enough now. See, I feel like I need to give sharing you more is caring. It's always fun. Artists. go ahead though. Um, yeah. Okay. I think after this discussion, we're all going to need <laughs> yeah. to add some more things to the radio station. So definitely yes. go check that out. Yes, Slacker app, Slacker Radio, Handmaid's Resistance Radio. Please don't add any Backstreet Boys. <laughs> no guys. promises. Please. Uh, okay. So favorite TV shows station. for Justin, being the old man here, uh, growing up, one of the first shows I remember like hardcore loving was Different Strokes. Um, was phenomenal show. Uh, the one show that I could barely talk about without crying, like legitimately, I was thinking about it before the show started, talking about it, is the Cosby show. Uh, um, mm. Mostly because, for two show. reasons. One, because Raper broke the show. And uh, I have a very hard time, impossible time, separating the art from the artist, and I commend all you people that can still somehow when somebody has an issue like that, to that extent, uh, can still watch it and get past it. Good for you. I can't, I can't do it. I'm not that guy. That's fine. Um, but also because Felicia Rashad it reminds me of my best friend growing up, his mom. <laughs> I almost made it. Um, so whenever I see her, and she died of cancer a number of years ago, and there's a lot of stuff there. But So whenever I see her in anything, which she's been in a couple new things, like she was in the Creed movie, and I didn't know she was going to be in Creed, and I about flipped out when I was in the in the theater watching Creed. I was like, ah, there she is. She is also if somebody's looking for a totally different take on Felicia Rashad, she is in um, the Jean Claude Van Damme series, which is amazing. Oh yeah, JCVD on Amazon Prime. She plays his like agent. But the the premise of the show that he is really a, a secret government black ops agent, and the movies that he does are just to go on the sites where they're at to do all these missions. Yeah, he's basically anyway, playing himself. But like, she curses real. in this in this show, and I about lost my mind because. It was like taking my TV mom from the 80s and like flipped it on its head. I almost yeah. couldn't deal with it. She was the best TV mom. Um, DuckTales is the best television, uh, best cartoon <laughs> ever. DuckTales. The close, DuckTales. close, yeah, original DuckTales. The second DuckTales is awesome. Um, it's kind of a one in one A. Muppet Babies and DuckTales oh, are yeah. one in one A, and I don't want to talk about it because it's too tough to call. Um, as far as music goes, I'm kind of like Sarah. Like, I'm kind of all over the place, but my parents were very classic rock type people. I remember one of the first things that I was hardcore into, and I will go to my grave saying that the first side of the Bobby Brown Don't Be Cruel album is one of the best things anyone has ever produced on the planet. It is five tracks deep, and there are rarely albums that go five tracks deep, five singles deep. He's saying first side because we all it was a tape and you had to flip it over <laughs> for all you kids that for don't know and the b side was usually not as good. yes and the b side for bobby brown don't be cool is not as good but i mean we're talking don't be cool my prerogative uh roni 
it's just ridiculous. The whole Mark thing is Rock with you. Um, I was huge Michael Jackson kid. Huge it's Michael Jackson kid. I would yeah. like dance and sing like Michael Jackson because I'm a singer. I sing. Um, and so I would like go to my grandma's house and like at full family events, like bring their tape recorder with Thriller in it, play it, dance, sing. And my <laughs> uncle gives me crap about it all the time. I'm Michael Jackson. Look Do at any me. videos of this still I'm exist? I'm sure they have family? to. Okay. Uh, there's lots of videos of lots of me doing lots of things. So if you want them, I can acquire them. I've kind of gotten over my about that. yeah, over my fear of all that. But uh, later in life, got very much into Pearl Jam. Um, but was a pop kid. Uh, somebody asked a new kids on the block question last year or something, or somebody mentioned it on Twitter this year, and I was like, I've seen new kids on the block three times in concert. <laughs> and I think growing, they I were think my o- my only uh, them and the tempt uh, not the Temptations obviously, uh, them and. Um, no, they're they're really the only boy band I super got into. Let's yeah. be honest. And I think because like it was funny because I look back on it and I remember a lot of guys didn't like them because it was like you weren't supposed to if you were a dude. Um, oh, right. And me having hung out with girls all the time, I was like, I don't know, I'm not supposed to like this. I don't really get it. I think it's pretty awesome. Um, it's good songs. So yeah, I was totally into them. And uh, then middle school happened and somebody played Pearl Jam on the bus one day. And I was not, I was kind of toeing the line between being the rock kid and the pop kid. I was kind of right in the middle there. So, like, and I remember listening to it and I was like, <clears throat> play me that, that one again about the, it was, it was uh, Jeremy. We were mm. talking about, oh. I was like, play me that song again. No, it was alive because it was talking about his death. It was alive. And so I was like, play me that one again. We were talking about his death. And then that was it. Like, so, the only re- I'm going to tell you, like, I say this to Ariana all the time. Because the other day the doors came on when we were at the uh, eating dinner, I was like, "You're the only. This band is the only reason you exist." And I say that about a lot of music because music plays a huge role in my life and has made like a big impact on me as far as like things I've been involved with and like changing my mindset on a lot of things and directions in my life. Um, and I said that because Nikki and I have this history with the doors and it's hilarious, but especially to think now because the doors are a little bit ridiculous. Jim Morrison's ridiculous. The doors are good, um, and so. Got into Pearl Jam. Still way into Pearl Jam. Still the best band on the planet. And I will argue with that until I die. But um, So I'm a big music person. And I said to the person who put this on the question, I was like, this is going to be the show. I was like, because it's too much. I was like, there's too many things. I can't even talk about it. Like, the only reason this show exists is because of Eddie Vedder. And that is no lie whatsoever. Like, I attributed things to a lot of things. But the, I did not get into that music and kind of go down that path of learning about political stuff because that era like living in the grunge era of all that stuff came out really like took you places especially me as a white middle class suburban kid who didn't know nothing about nothing and then all of a sudden like everybody and their mom's dying of heroin overdoses and they're talking about all this political um, stuff and like you know it was just all kinds of things that i wasn't exposed to and hadn't thought about and they, it was a very political time you know they did a lot of like there's a lot of compilation albums for like aids and feminism and you know the ocean and just all yeah, kinds of stuff Amazing. There were a lot of causes, you know. There's a there's a classic moment at the MTV Music Video Awards where Michael Stipe would come up when they were this whatever album out of time I think they won or what it's uh the one with what this frequency Kenneth I don't remember what it's called and he would have a different T-shirt on every time for something that was <laughs> some political some cause, cause. Yeah. and he'd just take off the T-shirt <laughs> for the next one. So wow. it was like that kind of time, especially with entertainment. And so the only reason I'm involved with know any of some of this stuff is because of the things that I listened to and the things we watched. And so I think a lot of people poo-poo the you know music and the impact that it has on your life or TV. But I think it for me, I look back and I see all those places where it you know 
turned me and changed things in my life. So that's a huge thing for me. So I can't, it's one of those things like I could just talk about it all day. How did you not mention Tori Amos? How did you get through all of that? I, because I told there's too much. Redheaded singer songwriters. It's not even just Tori Amos. You have a thing about female redheaded singer songwriters. Now, when you say that like that, that sounds wrong. I know it, it sounds wrong. They just but it is to both quite be, a coincidence. Just, you could even almost wait, put Florence and the Machine in there. I'm aware of the situation, as I said, <laughs> when all the, I, that occurred to me one day and I was like, this is weird. And it's every, not my fault every all, time you see my mom, you remind your me mom that she looks like Tori looks Amos. like an older version of Tori Amos. It's just like, it's a fact of life. So, yeah, I love Tori Amos. And I've seen Tori Amos about as many, not as many times I've seen Pro Jam, but a lot. Um, yeah. So, we did see Nico Case last week. That was pretty great. Peabody, and she was awesome. Too short. Too short, but uh, we didn't see too short, Sarah. No, it was too short of a set, is what I thought. Yeah, it was too brief. But she said she's I coming back, so we're together. excited. Anyway, uh, I got to have to, before we wrap this up, because, I, again, we're going to have to do a Mayday music show so that we can have an excuse to really talk about this. Seriously. <clears throat> I'm at the airport last year going oh on vacation. <laughs> this is one of my favorite things that I've ever done. Crystal, you'll appreciate this. Um, I'm, we are at gate E40 at the airport. Oh, my God. And I go... I text, send a text message to Sarah. Hey, I just saw E40 at the airport. And she sends this text message back. And she's like, you saw E40? And then like runs down his nickname, whatever she called him. And like saw it, like freaking out. And I was like, send her the picture of the gate E40. And she was like, you suck. And then <laughs> that was it. That was the last text I got. <laughs> it's like, get you. Oh, I was man. so pumped for you. I know. I was <laughs> she was so, so excited. She was so excited. All right. We're going to move on to just a couple Twitter questions because we are taking up a lot of time. All right. What made Rita's attitude to June change? And was it just the baby? I think that's a fascinating one. That's from Twitter, uh, Trixie Bell S. I don't think Rita's attitude toward June did change. I think she always, I think she always cared about June and she always cared about children and babies. I think just her ability to do something is what has changed and grown over time. This one sounds kind of good. Do it. From Hush Rules. If June doesn't go back to the Waterfords but ends up in an underground railway situation, as from the tapes and the books, how the heck will she get there from the final scene? That's interesting. The finale scene. I did think about that. Like, how far away are they now? Like, let's do a little spoiler spoiler alert for the people who have not read the book. Okay. Um,. So in the book that she ends up in Maine is where they find these tapes. So the, in the, the end of the book, there's like this big educational symposium thing where all these people are talking about Gilead and talking about the Handmaid's Tale tapes, which is basically what you have discovered that you've been listening to and what the book which is. Which become like an academic right. artifact. Correct. And so in the where they talk about finding those is in a house in Maine. And the interesting part about that, and I didn't think about this till this year when somebody brought it up, was that they just talk about finding them there. They don't talk about whether what happened to the person who left them there, how they got them there. Did she get recaptured? Did she end up back there? Did she escape to Canada? Nobody knows what happened to the handmaid, which mm-hmm. is the, kind of one of the cool things about the book is you really don't know. So that is an interesting thing. And I don't know. Like, in the book, that's where she ends up, and I don't know how she gets there. And I've always thought about, well, you know, if they're going to stay that faithful to the material then something's got to happen where she goes somewhere because now she's on the run. Yeah, so. also, you see them using subways in the show, which is not a thing that happened in the book. But, True. like, subways are still running. Right. Well, right, yeah. But Maine is still part of Gilead. I think so. Yes. Right. All of Gilead. Uh, okay, I'm going to try and settle this one time and for all. Continental U.S. Continental U.S. Okay, not, right. I'm not mad at anybody here. 
it's just one of these things um, that online on social media for people that just you know we're plugged in because we deal with the show all the time. It is the Continental Forty Eight United States. I agree, but I don't think they would have the same pull over every part of it. Somebody asked, Maybe "Does Emily make show. it out with the baby?" Man, Which she's I think gotta. Is a, I mean, you gotta get Emily out of there at that point. I think so. She can't she's survive anymore. Although I will say, there was a. They did a presentation for the finale the other day. Like had a, like a big screening for it, and Bruce, of course, being Bruce, and them being TV people that like to promote things, did say he did put a caveat in there if she makes it up with the baby something. And Come I was on, like, I know, right? Oh. Come on, Bruce. Yes. No, no. You gotta Just let no. Emily get out. I know. Just Although, them. like, we really thought Moira struggled when she got to Canada. Whew. Yes. Emily is going to be, she's going to need some serious therapy. I know. With a, right. a female therapist. I thought about that. Let's wrap this up with, thanks, uh, asking everyone who wants to know from the group, what is your favorite pizza topping and why? All of the things that are not anchovies. Okay. That's a good answer. I like that. My favorite is pepperoni, and I know it sounds so annoying, but... Pepperoni I love pepperoni is too. so good on pizza. And it crisps. Mm. I think it's crispy. Big fan. Big fan. <laughs> so that's important. Pepperoni yeah. and mushroom. Yeah. That's my I'm a pepperoni combo. guy. Keep it simple. All right. Well, that that was fantastic. <laughs> and again, I hope to do more of those. And maybe we'll take some of the ones that we didn't do and answer them later. Yeah. I I feel maybe like we can answer some of these um, yeah, on online. The online. Yeah. yeah. Be together. So, yeah. Again, I will be taking a hiatus and uh, my friends here will be taking over the social media side of the life so we'll see what happens i'm not i'm gonna stay a very 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 extremely as unplugged as i can and not know anything so when i come back on like the 15th of august i'm gonna be like what happened what, tell me what happened what day is it where am i <laughs> so thank you to everyone who has listened to the podcast this season and remember to stay subscribed because we're going to be doing all kinds of fun stuff keep talking about the show so for everyone here at uh, mayday have a lovely time and uh, we'll see you next time wherever that means bye Thanks for listening to the podcast, everybody. Please stay subscribed as we will be bringing you more fantastic content while the show is on hiatus. We do not take a break. We will keep talking about The Handmaid's Tale and keep bringing you all kinds of other coverage of shows that you might like, movies you might like. We're going to read the book, I think. All kinds of good stuff coming up. You never know what we're going to do. So stay with us. Uh, Follow us on social media at at Handmaid Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. That's at Handmaid Podcast. Uh, If you are an Apple listener and you listen on Apple Podcasts, please go rate and review us. That helps us uh, get the word out to everyone. Let us know that you enjoyed the podcast. Otherwise, please go download and uh, listen to Slacker Radio, and you can listen to our radio station, Handmaid's Resistance Radio. That is free on the Slacker app or at slacker.com. Once again, that's Handmaid's Resistance Radio. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good one.